And really there's no end to the process of wanting and needing. The only time it'll be enough is when you're enough. When you're enough, everything's enough. But until that day comes, there's always going to be wanting more and wanting more and wanting more. And you know, more always brings stress. And stress is the number one killer in the United States today. That's Leonardo Buscaglia. And this is The Depression Detox Show. Welcome back to the Depression Detox Show, where we share ideas and stories to help you live a happier life. I am your host, Malik Josephs. Happy Friday. So wrapping up our week, we have a new featured speaker making his debut on the show to talk about not feeling that we are enough. And as Leo says in his talk today, when we don't feel that we're enough, what we tend to do is feel really empty inside. And we try to fill that emptiness by accumulating things. And although there's nothing wrong with buying things that we want or we need, the problem is when we buy these things, trying to fill that void. And what's going to happen is that you're going to continue to buy more and more and more and more things. But ultimately, you'll never feel fulfilled. So as Leo said in the intro, the only time it'll be enough is when you're enough. Here's Leo Buscaglia. Enjoy. And another thing that we think is essential that keeps us really from being lovers is this feeling that we have in our culture about success and power, prestige, large houses, big bankrolls. And that's, you know, I know that it's naive to talk about things like that. Everybody wants big bank rolls. There is nothing wrong with big houses and big cars, provided you're not possessed by them. And so many people measure people and their worth by what they have. They don't even bother with who they are. All of a sudden, I become a celebrity because somebody sends an air, a limousine to the airport. Felice Leonardo Buscaglia in a limousine. We didn't even have, I didn't even have a car until I was 26. I get in there and I think, look at this. You know, I'm all like, I almost feel weird. I like to think of Thoreau's wonderful statement in Walden. Simplify, simplify, simplify. But we collect and we collect. And we complicate and we complicate and we complicate and we store and we store. My goodness, we have things that, you know, we, some of us never throw anything away. We go in there and we see this, you know, this china. We've had it for 86 years and we don't use it because someone might chip it. And we're going to leave it, you know, we're going to leave it to our grandchildren who don't want it. Use it! Bang it on the table! Toss <laughs> it against the wall! Bow! Enjoy it! You deserve it! You know, uh, 
uh, Buddha once said that when you have nothing, you have nothing to worry about. And that's such a wonderful thing to think about. The less you have, the less you have to worry about. The more you accumulate, the more you have to worry about burglar alarms and people coming in and taking. Wouldn't it be wonderful to find the burglar comes in and there's nothing to take? You say, welcome. You know, I, I really can speak from experience because when Felice grew up, uh, we had nothing. We were so poor, but I didn't know we were poor, therefore we weren't poor. I really didn't know we were poor. That, you know, that may sound naive, but I didn't know it. I thought we were really rich. We had so much laughter, so much joy, so much music. I thought everybody else was poor. I remember times like, uh, I got a letter just recently from a, a wonderful old, old friend from elementary school, and she said, I saw you on television, and you must be the same Felice Buscaglia because no, it couldn't be too like you. <laughs> and, and she said, you know how I remember you most of all? by the fact that one day you came to school in your sister's coat. And you know that all of a sudden that whole memory flashed on me. It was an incredible thing where, where it was a freezing day, which is very rare in Los Angeles, and therefore I didn't have a coat to wear. And so Mama looked, scrounged around. She didn't want me to catch cold. The garlic wouldn't protect me. And, you know. and so she went and she found an old discarded coat of my sister's, and it was one of those that had the little fur collar, remember that? And the buttoned on the other side. And she put it on me, and I was saying, Mama, don't do that to me. I'd rather freeze. You know, she says, shut up. Be happy, you've got something to keep you warm. And then she said something with many years later, meant a great deal with, to me. Wear it with pride, nobody will laugh. I tried. <laughs> Didn't work. But you know, I remember so many vivid things about this, this having, having, having. Uh, but just before Papa died, he said, we said, Papa, what do you want to do? Uh, we were very fortunate in being able to know so that we could, we could spend time with him and be with him, but you're not all of us are that lucky. That's why we've got to love passionately all the time, because tomorrow the person you love may not be there. And so Papa said, I have always wanted to go to Hawaii, you know. And so we said, we'll take you. And, you know, for the whole Buscaglia clan to go to Hawaii, that's a big expense. But we said, the heck with it. And, you know, we found out that there was an airline that had what it called no frills, you know. So we went on no frills. You know what that meant? Even the hostesses didn't greet you when you got on the plane. At that time, you were ushered to the rear, you know, and you had to bring your own food because they weren't going to feed you. No problem. Boy, did we bring the food. You know, I even remember we had antipasto. We had, we had mushrooms that had been marinated in garlic that made first-class salivate. We had rosemary chicken all cut up. The odors that was coming from those five rows, you know, were devastating. The hostess says, what are you people eating? You know, have some. There's enough for the whole place. Wanting and needing. The only time it'll be enough is when you're enough. When you're enough, everything's enough. 
But until that day comes, there's always going to be wanting more and wanting more and wanting more. And you know, more always brings stress. And stress is the number one killer in the United States today. It's really weird. You know, I, I work a lot with children and I find little two-year-olds and three-year-olds and four-year-olds in our nursery school that go around saying, I'm having a nervous breakdown. Where does a two-year-old hear I'm having a nervous breakdown? You know, children are not born with language. They have to hear it somewhere. It's in our environment. You'll make me nervous. You know, there are so, some people that are so nervous they keep coffee awake. I have a friend that I'm certain is half man and half Valium. He's always in a daze. Everything gets him, you know. But I love watching behavior. Uh, there are some people that have nervous breakdowns over what checkout line to go through in the supermarket. You know, they're there. This one. No, this one. Oh, my gosh. That's a new one opening up. Ah! You know what you're going to do? You're going to get by five minutes later. And you can meet such nice people in the checkout lines. You know, I love to stand back and I say, wow, are you going to eat good? <laughs> or, you know, I tried that product, doesn't work. It's not like they tell us on TV. You know, you won't get giddy over a thousand flushes. <laughs> but isn't it funny what really gets to us? You know, I always love to tell, I live on the Pasadena Freeway, which is the oldest freeway in Los Angeles. And there are no on and off ramps. You're just on. <laughs> I mean it. And so in the morning, every morning I'm on this thing, you know, and I'm looking over my shoulder pleadingly, will you let me on? Never. <laughs> One in front of me, never. You know, so here I am looking and rawr, 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 60 miles an hour. Finally, you take your life in your hands and you get on and, you know, rawr, behind you. And then they square and the one car ahead of you, that means 30 seconds later to work. Oh, never. He goes, and he goes, right back in front of you. And then he smiles. You know, what kind of behavior? Sometimes don't you find yourself doing this? You know, I love to get to a, an on-ramp and to signal the person on. You know, here's this poor lady looking frantic, wanting to get to, get on. You know, she doesn't believe me. He's going to wait until I get on, then he's going to hit me. <laughs> I'm glad I'm a human being. It really is weird. <laughs> and so these are all these things, you know, getting to, getting to work one minute before, having a little bit more than somebody else, being a little bit more fancy is what we consider to be essential. And then we wonder why we're dying of loneliness, why we're despairing. So what if you're in your Dior gown and you're sitting home alone and nobody gives a damn? But I think that if we decide what is truly essential and we decide today that love is truly essential, then the one thing we have to do is choose love and start behaving like a lover give up our old ways of seeing ourselves and start new ways because love also is here the way despair is here. 
Big thanks to Leo for stopping by. This talk is from Chapter 6 of the Ultimate Leo Buscaglia Library, which you can get on audible.com. And if you connected with this talk, then I highly suggest that you go back and check out episode number 18 with Marissa Peer, which bridges really well with today's talk. And when you get a chance, as always, please follow the show on Spotify podcast, share your favorite episode on your social media and subscribe on your favorite podcast player app. And that is a wrap for me. I hope you have an amazing weekend and I will see you back here Monday. So until then, stay strong. Later. Later.